0: Well, on out tonight, we are in a time of storm. Uh, we are tonight, of course, in a time of trial. Brother, I am grateful tonight for people uh, who live above the trial, for people who keep their eyes fixed upon Christ and who find uh, shelter in Him from the trial. And um, although we are concerned about the situation, and, and we should be concerned. Uh, concern breeds wisdom, and it, it encourages us to look to the Lord for wisdom. Uh, but that concern for a believer should not become worry, anxiety, and ungodly fear. Uh, we find a refuge from that, a shelter from that in Christ. And on this Resurrection Sunday, I'm so grateful for that. I'm, I'm thankful that Christ uh, didn't just die. He was buried. He rose again. Of course, that's what we celebrate today. Uh, As we've said so many times already today, Uh, I'm thankful for that. Now, tonight I want to ask you to turn to Psalm uh, 140. Psalm 140 tonight. In my notes, I wrote 130. Don't go there. Go with me, please, to Psalm 140 tonight. Uh, Here we find David, um, as was so often the case. David was facing trials, uh, and very often his trial was someone pursuing after him. Uh, we, we know from bible history uh, who some of those folks were we know uh, some of those who sought David and uh, sought his demise uh, David had enemies uh, he had he had many trials and, and enemies uh, were among the trials that he faced I'm thankful tonight that in David's trial uh, we find uh, God's answer uh, we find one of the most important answers tonight here in Psalm 140 so You'll see David has a problem, it's, it's a wicked enemy, and he seems to be uh, speaking to, speaking of, and praying about multiple enemies. Uh, wicked enemies that pursued after him. Uh, We'll see that he finds an answer in the Lord and in praying to the Lord, he prays that for for delivery from enemies, uh, from the trial the enemy sought to impose upon him. Uh, He prayed against his enemies. He prayed that God would constrain them, that God would restrain them from uh, having a greater effect in David's life than, than God would allow. And in his prayerful response to that great trial, Zachary David found a great confidence in God. Now, that was David's day and, and David's trial. And I don't know tonight if you have uh, people that you would say are enemies. Uh, if you do, uh, you want to pray. But what I do know tonight is that we are people who face great trials. Uh, and here we find God's answer. It's prayer. And listen, I know we, we, we preach this and teach this all the time, but Uh, We do well to be reminded again tonight that uh, this seems to be a time of great prayer. Uh, No doubt one of God's purposes among the many that we've uh, considered uh, is that God's people would learn to be more prayerful, that we not get caught up in worry, anxiety, and fear, and that instead we would have a peace from God uh, that keeps our hearts and keeps our minds, and Christ, of course, is the one who makes that possible, Um, And that also, we would just have a wonderful confidence in God. Listen, if you're prayerfully giving everything to God and and receiving his peace uh, in place of fear, you're going to know a confidence. You're you're not going to go around worried, anxious, fearful. You're not going to go around dreading, bemoaning the situation. Uh, You're going to have a wonderful, quiet, peaceful confidence in God. That's what David found here tonight. So I want to encourage us in the face of trials, whether it's an enemy uh, or whether it's a situation like the one that we face tonight, uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, and other things related to that, financial concerns, uh, employment concerns. Uh, I know that there's many concerns related to the the trial. Uh, Prayer and God answering prayer with a uh, wonderful uh, peace that promotes a confidence in our heart. That'll be good for us. That'll bring honor and glory to Christ. And listen, going back to where we left off in our last message this morning, uh, that'll, that may open doors to share the gospel. That may, as, as people look upon your peace uh, and your confidence when others are panicking, they may ask, they may wonder, how is it uh, that you're not panicking? How do you have peace? Tell me about that. Well, that'll open a door perhaps for you to uh, go and tell the gospel. Uh, however, uh, oper- whatever opportunity you have to do that. So I want to read through the passage tonight here. We'll come back afterwards, make three key observations. Um, we'll sing, we'll close with prayer. But join me, to, if you would, in Psalm uh, 140. Here, the, the title, uh, To the Chief Musician, a Psalm of David. Be reminded that's part of the inspired Uh, Hebrew text. It's translated in our English Bible uh, accordingly. Uh, Here's David's prayer. He says, Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Excuse me. Preserve me from the violent man, uh, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. This is the character of the wicked. He says, They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Poetic language here. Adders or poisonous snakes. Adder's poison is under their lips. Say, "Law, stop there. Pause. Consider what uh, God has said through David." David continues his prayer in verse four: "Keep me, O Lord, from the hands of the wicked. Preserve me from the violent man uh, who have purposed to overthrow my goings. Uh, enemies indeed." Verse five. He continues. Uh, uh, taking his concern about the, the wicked and their character to God. He says, the proud have uh, hit a snare, a trap for me, and cords. Uh, cords may picture a noose, quite literally. Uh, they have spread a net by the wayside, and they have set gins or traps for me. Uh, Selah. David was in a difficult situation. Uh, he had real enemies that caused real concern. Uh, tonight we're in a real trial, and it's not wrong to be concerned about that. Uh, What's wrong is to not take the concerns to the Lord as David is. Let's continue in verse six, he says, I said unto the Lord, uh, thou art my God. Praise God, hear the voice. He prays God, hear the voice of my supplications, O Lord. Verse seven, he says, O God, the Lord. We'll talk a little bit about the the verse, the underlying language here. The strength of my salvation, thou has covered my head. In the day of battle, God, you've protected me. Uh, you've protected me beginning with my head and down to my feet. He says in verse 8, he prays, grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked. God, hear my prayers. Answer their, my prayers. Uh, Lord, don't be an aid to the wicked. Uh, that's his prayer. Further not his wicked device, lest they exalt themselves. Say law Stop there. Consider what has been said. Moving on uh, in verse 9. David continues, as for the head of those that compass me about, let the mischief of their own lips cover them. Uh, Let burning coals fall upon them. David prays that God would judge his enemies and thereby protect him. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep pits that they rise not up again. Let not an evil speaker be established in the earth. Uh, Evil shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. And now having prayed, we see David's confidence. He says in verse 12, "I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor." Uh, he had a wonderful confidence that God would aid the afflicted, the poor, those facing trials. And then in verse 13, he ends his prayer. He says, "Surely, uh, surely, certainly, the righteous, shall give thanks unto thy name, and the upright shall dwell in thy presence." Uh, Having read David's prayer, let's stop and pray ourselves. Let's bow our heads, please. Father God, I thank you tonight for all of the examples of prayer throughout your word. Uh, Of course, many of the Psalms are prayers of David. Lord, we have this wonderful privilege to see these, to read these, to study them, uh, these inspired prayers. And uh, Lord, it's such a wonderful encouragement to to have access to these, to know that you gave these words that David prayed and uh, you caused David to write them down and you've preserved them for us uh, all the way up until now, uh, April of 2020. Lord, thank you. I pray tonight that we would Uh, be of a heart, of a mind, to see uh, those things here that we can take as an example and to apply practically in our own prayer life. I pray, Father, tonight that we'd be encouraged by the blessing of confidence that David found in his own prayer life. Lord, David had a specific concern in his day. We may have another concern in our day, but whatever the concern is, Lord, help us to be faithful, to bring those things to you. Lord, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, knowing that you've promised peace to believers, Christians, those that have repented of sin and placed their faith in Christ for salvation. Lord, you have promised us peace that passes even our understanding. Lord, I thank you tonight that we do not need to walk in fear. Of trials, of circumstances, of financial concerns, of afflictions, of viruses, of illnesses. Uh, Lord, those things are real and we're right to be concerned and to be wise. But Lord, we're more right to bring those concerns to you and to find peace and confidence that allows us to continue on for you. Lord, help us tonight as we see this passage uh, here quickly in just these next few minutes. Help me, Lord. I definitely need your help, and I thank you for it tonight. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I'm thankful tonight, Zachary, that uh, God understands uh, the problems that we face. I'm thankful tonight that we have a Savior who's been tempted and tried in all the ways that we are. Brother Ray, I'm thankful tonight that we have a Savior who um, knew what it was like to have enemies upon this earth and Uh, to have real trials, uh, to be opposed at every turn. Uh, I'm thankful that we have a Savior tonight who understands what it's like to face all the various uh, kinds of trials and temptations uh, that we face. No doubt Christ understood perfectly well the trial that David was facing, this trial of, of enemies, you may say tonight coronavirus is an enemy. Well, in a sense it is, but David had uh, real enemies, uh, evil people uh, that he faced. Now, uh, I don't know tonight, if, again, I've said this already, I don't know if you have real enemies tonight. Maybe you do. Uh, may, we know we have uh, spiritual enemies. There's, there's very real devil and legions of demons who, who seek to oppose us. They're spiritual enemies. Uh, maybe there's others in, the, in this world who treat you as enemies, Well, you have some choices if that's the case. Uh, You can ignore them, try to ignore the situation. Uh, Or Zach, you could go after them and try to deal with the situation on your own. Or you can do as David did, you could take it to the Lord in prayer and ask God to deal with them. Brother Ray, I'm thankful tonight that I know that uh, if an enemy needs to be dealt with, God is going to do a much better job of that than I ever could. Uh, And of course, there's no risk to me in doing that. So tonight we'll see David's problem, uh, wicked enemies. We'll see the answer he found, uh, prayer to the one true God. And we'll see that in that prayer, David found this uh, very, very uh, wonderful, wonderful confidence. So uh, look with me back into the passage, if you would, please. Uh, Here uh, we see uh, Psalm 140, 140, beginning here in, in verse 1. Uh, David's problem there's there's wicked people here we've already said Jesus uh, understood the same trial, the same problem wicked people who opposed him uh, at every turn David understood this uh, they're called wicked they're called violent in verse two they're they're described as having wicked hearts uh, they desire conflict they had wicked tongues nothing good could be found. Uh, in these people who oppose David. We'll see verse one. David uh, prays here, deliver me, O Lord, uh, from the evil man. Preserve me from the violent man. Uh, evil there is the Hebrew word raw. And it means just that, evil, uh, the opposite of righteous and holy and just and pure. Uh, the word evil is, is the exact opposite of, of what God considers to be right uh, and pure uh, and holy. Of course, there's real evil in the world. We have an enemy whose purpose it is, whose desire it is, is to encourage that. Uh, and of course, he draws us into sin, uh, which is evil. It's against God. Uh, thankfully, as we, uh, if we covered already today, uh, God's answer to sin is salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, who died, who, bear, who was buried, who rose again on the third day. Uh, the gospel. Gospel is the answer. Well, David had real enemies that knew nothing of of a coming Messiah. Uh, They're described here as evil. Uh, They're described here as violent. Uh, The word has the idea of being cruel or unrighteous. It refers specifically to those who made it their business to treat people wrongly. Uh, You and I both understand tonight, all of us understand, there's plenty of people like this Uh, in the world tonight. Brother Ray, we're going to leave these doors here in a few minutes, and we're not going to have to go far, uh, even on a day when most people might be home. We're not going to have to go far to find someone uh, who's wicked, someone who uh, their behavior toward us might be far less than godly. It might be uh, quite evil, uh, quite wicked. We understand That there are people in the world today whose lives are characterized by wickedness and evil. They've not found Christ. Let's be honest. Before we found Christ, there was an awful lot of wickedness in our own lives. And uh, there may still be some. God is still working on us. Thankfully, it's covered by the blood of Christ if you know him uh, as your savior. See here the characteristics of the wicked in verse 2. They have wrong hearts. They have wicked hearts. Uh, David describes them to the Lord. He says, Lord, these are they which uh, imagine mischiefs in their hearts. Uh, Mischiefs is translated from the same word that evil is translated from. It's raw. It's evil or mischief or wrongdoing. That which is wrong according to God. Uh, God defines what is sin, what is evil, what is mischievous, what is wrong uh, in his eyes. He says these wicked people uh, who opposed him, uh, they were wicked and they spend their time imagining wickedness uh, in their hearts. Now, that's something that should only characterize wicked, lost, uh, unsaved people. But you, you have to be honest tonight, sometimes being the the lusty people that we can be, uh, you may find yourself tempted to be imagining various. Uh, wickedness in your own heart. Lord help us to stand guard uh, to stand guard against allowing ourselves to uh, imagine wicked things and, and to find pleasure in that. Lord help us to uh, push those things out of our hearts. Lord fill our hearts with, with righteous thoughts and, and things that uh, please you. Uh, the wicked, their lives, their hearts are characterized by uh, wicked or evil, uh, mischievous imaginations. Uh, they have wrong desires, we see here in verse 2. Uh, continually, are they gathered together for war, uh, David said. And people think he means that word war quite literally. Uh, maybe more generally, uh, wicked people, lost people, seem bent on conflict. They're very often uh, just looking for trouble. They're looking to make a problem. They're looking for conflict. They're, uh, they're bent on uh, promoting some kind of conflict. And that's a wicked thing, of course. Uh, we're, we're called to, uh, as a church, of course, to be a people of great unity of a supernatural, Holy Spirit-filled unity. Uh, When there's conflict that might be an occasion for warring against each other, we're we're called to deal with that through the multi-step process that Christ uh, has given us. We most certainly are not called to be people who would war against one another. Uh, Don't forget that, That's, that's something that characterizes the life of the lost, the heart of the lost. It should not characterize Uh, our lives. If you're always looking to stir up conflict, uh, if you're always looking to stir up a problem, uh, there's a spiritual problem in your own heart. Get get that right. Take that to the Lord. Ask the Lord to humble you. Ask the Lord to help you be a peacemaker more than a a stirrer upper of conflict. Uh, See here uh, next in verse three, uh, David is praying and bringing his specific concerns about his enemies to the Lord. He says, their words are wicked verse 3 they have sharpened their tongues so so back and verse, verse 2 he said they they're always gathering themselves together for war uh, he continues that analogy uh, they've sharpened their tongues like like you might sharpen a sword uh, like a serpent um, uh, has sharp teeth an adders uh, a poison a snake's poison uh, is under their lips say law so uh, David is is he describes his enemies to the Lord of course God knows David's enemies perfectly well God's allowed uh, enemies to come against David uh, perhaps uh, perhaps in part to cause David to draw closer to the Lord uh, we see that as a result of the uh, the threat of, of enemies in his life what's he doing he's he's praying he's He's down on his knees praying to the Lord. Uh, God has allowed a trial into David's life to promote a greater prayerfulness in David's life. May I say this, Zach, that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Uh, If God has allowed a trial into your life, and if you'll respond to that by bringing the specifics of the trial to God in prayer as David is, that's not a bad thing. Brother Ray, if God uh, is allowing any kind of trial or concerns whether it's wicked people or uh, or coronavirus or financial concerns or illness, whatever it is, uh, bring the specific thing to the Lord uh, with thanksgiving. We'll see uh, as David did. This is a wonderful example uh, for us, and uh, don't don't miss the great specificity, the details of the concern. I, I don't think David's gossiping about his enemies behind their back to God. He's bringing his very specific concerns about his enemies to the Lord. He's praying specifically. He's not just saying, hey, God, you know some stuff is up. Would you deal that? Bye, God. See you later. Brother Ray, he's taking time to carefully, prayerfully bring a detailed concern to the Lord. Listen, if, if you'll do that, if, you, if you'll if you take your time and bring the details to God, you can know that you've brought the whole thing to the Lord. You've brought a detailed uh, description of your concern to the Lord. You've brought uh, every aspect of the concern uh, to Him. Take time. Uh, take time. And listen, as you're doing that, let me change that. Let me correct that. Before you do that, you could stop and pray, uh, God, I, I, I'm concerned, I have this, this concern in general. Uh, Lord, lead me and guide me now. Father, I pray the Holy Spirit would lead me and guide me now in, in how I should pray about this. Yes, be detailed, but ask the Lord what exactly about this uh, would you have me to pray? Uh, as we said this morning, Dr. Coomer, Dr. Terry Coomer has said, and I appreciate what he said, Uh, The essence of the Christian life is asking God questions. Uh, Yes, God has revealed truth to us in his word, but uh, submission to the Lord necessarily involves asking him questions. God, I have this concern. Uh, I have this concern about coronavirus. What aspect of that, uh, this big concern, this general concern, would you have me to pray about today? You pray. You begin praying that way tonight, tomorrow. Uh, No doubt the Spirit will guide you. And in that, you will find a wonderful yielded prayer uh, that is field, fueled, and directed and guided uh, by the Spirit. Well, David is praying. Uh, he is praying. So he had his problem. We've already said. Uh, we've already said that he he brought this concern to the Lord uh, in prayer. Uh, he prays for God to protect him. Uh, He prays for God to protect him. He prays for God to hear him. Uh, He prays for God to deal with the situation. In his case, it was real people who were enemies. Uh, Look at verse 1. Back in verse 1 again, David says, God, deliver me. Uh, God, preserve me. Uh, He recognized that if anyone could deliver him from this trial, uh, it was the Lord Uh, Back in uh, Psalm 139, two weeks ago, uh, David uh, spoke of and wrote of God's omniscience. He knows everything. Uh, His omnipresence, he's everywhere. And importantly, God's omnipotence. He can do anything. There's no limit to his power. So if David has a problem now, whatever it is, he does well to bring it to God, even though God already knows about it. God's called us to bring our concerns to him. Uh, knowing that he, Brother Ray, has unlimited power to deal with the thing, whatever it is. So in verse 1, he says, God, deliver me. You deliver me. You're the one who can. God, you preserve me. You're the one who can. In verse 4, he says, keep me. God, you're the one who can do this. He says, preserve me. Uh, God, you're the one that can do that. Look at verse 4. He says, keep me, O Lord. Now there, Lord, Zachary, L-O-R-D, in all caps, the underlying word is is God's personal name, Jehovah, uh, in the Hebrew. And uh, stop and remember, think about what that name means. We've seen this, it has the idea of God uh, being the only one who exists, uh, who is the all existing, self existing, the one who exists because he exists. He always has, he always will exist, uh, it doesn't change. Uh, he's, he's the one who alone has the power to have always existed, he, he alone has, he's unique in that uh, he alone has the, uh, the ability to have always existed without having been created. He alone has the strength and power to be the creator of everything else. Uh, this self existing one, this idea is inherent in his personal name, Jehovah, which underlies Lord in all caps. Keep me, O Lord. In, in alluding, in using God's personal name, I have no doubt David's saying, God, keep me. You're the one who can. You are the self-existing, all-powerful one. Keep me from the hands of the wicked. Uh, preserve me from the violent man uh, who have purpose to overthrow my goings. Wicked here in this verse, by the way, uh, it's a different word than was used earlier. The earlier word means evil. This word has the idea, sort of like evil in action. Uh, moral wrongness, uh, evil in action. Down in verse 5, David seems to describe some of the specific aspects or details uh, of how their evil was put into action. Well, they're laying out traps for David. Uh, They want to catch David. They want to do harm to him. Verse 5, David says to God, the proud, uh, the same ones who he's praying about, have hid a snare, a trap for me, uh, and cords. Uh, cords literally refers to a uh, rope, and, and perhaps the idea is a noose. Uh, perhaps David understands that, that there were those that desired to trap him, to catch him, uh, and, and to harm him, uh, to kill him, uh, perhaps by a noose, quite literally. He says, They've spread a net by the wayside to catch me uh, and have set gins. Again, the idea of a rope or a noose. Uh, something that was used to catch small animals, but could be used to catch David too. Uh, David understood that there were people that desired uh, to get to him, to catch him, uh, and to harm him. Uh, there's all kinds of places, Brother Ray, that he could flee to physically. But the most important thing was that he, wherever he fled to physically, that he also flee to God in prayer. Uh, we can't Uh, really flee away from the coronavirus tonight. We've, in a sense, fled into our homes. And I believe tonight that there is a degree of protection in that. And that's a wise thing uh, to do at this time. But having fled into our homes physically, we have to take great care to be fleeing to the Lord spiritually in prayer. Uh, you can hide yourself physically from a, a physical danger. A coronavirus is a physical danger, but unless you're taking care uh, to flee to the Lord spiritually, uh, there's a great deal of spiritual harm uh, that could come to pass whether or not the physical threat is realized. You're going to be hiding away in your home from the coronavirus, but easily get caught up in worry, anxiety, and fear if you're not taking those concerns daily to the Lord. God, protect me. God, you accomplish what you will. Uh, God, grow me the way you choose to through this trial. God, remind me and help me to be more prayerful uh, through this trial. God, I'm, I'm hiding myself away physically, but don't let me hide myself away from you, uh, not continuing to meet with you when I can't meet with others. God, don't let me uh, uh, distance myself from you when I, at the same time that I need to distance myself uh, from others. God, don't let me be a spiritual distancer at a time of social uh, distancing. Uh, David understood that he needed to bring this prayer to the Lord and he did. Well, his prayer continues in verse six. He's prayed that um, God would deliver him. And having prayed that, he prays, God, you hear me. Uh, That's a good prayer. Brother Ray, I don't think he would pray that unless he understood that God could and would hear him. It wouldn't make much sense to pray, would it, unless you believed that God was there listening. Uh, Stop and think about that for a second. I talked a bit this morning about uh, the Lord's call for us to approach Him with reverence, uh, with fear, a healthy biblical fear of God, uh, with a great respect. Uh, Yeah, we should do that. Uh, We should approach God with a great respect, uh, remembering that He's the God who who created all things, and he's the God who can rescue us from all things that may seek to harm us. He's God. He's God. Approach him uh, with reverence uh, and humility, uh, and approach him with the certainty that he's a God who hears. He's a God who hears his people. What an amazing thing, Zachary, uh, to know that God's able to hear all the prayers of all his people uh, around the world simultaneously. Uh, Brother Ray, web servers crashed around the country this week because so many people were trying to apply for unemployment insurance Uh, at the same time. Uh, God doesn't crash when that many people pray to him at the same time. Praise him for that. God, you can handle all of our prayers coming at you from every direction, no matter what. You you don't crash. You're able to hear them simultaneously. You're able supernaturally to hear them and answer them uh, and to put your answer into effect providentially Brother Ray, we have an amazing God tonight, truly an amazing God. David prayed, hear me, God, knowing that God did hear him. Uh, it's, it's not a, a, a wondering, will God hear me? It's a, God, you hear me. God, God please hear me. It's a, it's a prayer of, of confidence, uh, certainly. Uh, David acknowledges here that God was his master, both his master and his strength. Now, this verse might be convicting, I want you to see verse seven and let's just cover a couple of uh, very quickly, uh, a couple of technicalities here that will be useful uh, and helpful to you. Uh, See verse seven, David prays, Oh God, uh, the Lord, the strength of my salvation. And then he goes on, he says, Thou hast covered my head uh, in the day of battle. So what do you see here that's a little bit different than, than what you would normally see? He says, Oh, And then God, the word G-O-D, God, is in all capital letters, right? Normally, we would expect to see capital G and then little case, little o, little d. uh, And that would be the Hebrew word Elohim, just referring to God uh, in a general way. But in this case, the word God in all capital letters is Jehovah, the same way the Bible uses Lord in all capital letters, uh, to signify that the underlying word is Jehovah, God's personal name. Well, why have the translators done that? Well, they've done that because the next word, uh, Lord, O oh, oh God the Lord, uh, capital L-O-R-D, that's, that's Adonai or master in the Hebrew. Uh, it could say, O oh Lord the Lord, but they're trying to draw a distinction between the use of God's personal name uh, and then his uh, title, uh, uh, or master Adonai, or a master. So it's, oh uh, God Jehovah, uh, the Lord Adonai, my master, uh, is what David's saying. He's he's praying to God uh, using God's personal name. Uh, no disrespect is intended in that. Uh, he's he's praying God's personal name uh, as a a way of worshiping God, who is that only self-existing, that all-powerful one, uh, who, by the way, is his master, his Lord, his Adonai. Now, tonight, you you need to stop and ask yourself and say, um, is the Lord my master? Uh, Is God, the one true God, do I view the Lord as my master? Uh, Is he the one who uh, I submit to? Is he leading my life through his word, uh, or am I leading my life doing what I want, largely driven by my lusts and a desire to satisfy them, as we discussed somewhat this morning? You really can't say that you're submitting to the Lord as your master if you are living for your lusts and living to satisfy your lusts they don't go together as we saw this morning. They do not go together. They are mutually exclusive ideas. Uh, if you're living to satisfy your lusts, you really are not submitting to the Lord as master. Uh, if you call him Lord, <laughs> capital L-O-R-D, master, uh, mean that. And if you're not sure that you really do tonight, ask him. You stop and pray, Lord, I... I um, I know tonight that I should treat you as my master. I know that I should yield myself to you to truly make you Lord and master of my life. Father, the reality may be that uh, I'm still steering my own ship a lot more than I should. I'm still living to satisfy my lusts uh, more than I should be. Any of that is more than I should be. Lord, instead of living to serve you and to satisfy, to please you, you confess that and then ask God for grace to put one off and to put the other on, boy, the Lord will be pleased in that tonight. He'll be pleased, and, uh, and he'll bless you for that. Well, David acknowledges that God is his master and his strength. He says, "Oh God, Jehovah, the Lord, Adonai, the strength of my salvation. Uh, God, you're my, you're my, you're my strength. You're my master. You are the strength, the power of my salvation. You." salvation, not in a spiritual sense here, but I think in a physical sense of the one who could rescue him from his enemies. Uh, You are the one who can rescue me from this trial. Uh, You are the one who, he says in the last part of the verse, has covered my head in the day of battle. You're my helmet. Uh, You are my protector. You are my shield. God, you alone could deliver me from this trial that I'm in today. Uh, What a great confidence what a, what a wonderful knowledge of God and his strength, uh, God's attributes, as, as David wrote of in the last Psalm, uh, and now putting his knowledge of those attributes of God uh, into action by prayerfully trusting God to be the omnipotent one who could deliver him from trials. Listen, I don't care what your trial is tonight. If you'll pray and ask God to deliver you from that trial, in his time he has he has immediately the power to do that Uh, in his righteous timing and his best most perfect timing uh, he'll exercise that power and deliver you when he chooses to. Isn't it good to know that he can do that, that he does do that, and until he does that, he's accomplishing good and loving purposes in the trial. For David, no doubt part of it, again, was to draw David into a closer, more prayerful walk with his Lord. There's nothing at all wrong with that. Now, let's, let's continue on here, and uh, we'll quickly see uh, uh, some additional uh, observations here. So we, we see next, David prayed the Lord would not answer the wicked. So David wants to be uh, heard by God and for God to answer his prayers. And he goes on. He prays, God, I, I pray you just turn away from the wicked, be no help to them. What David is, I mean, he is literally praying uh, so-called imprecatory prayers against his enemies here. Uh, what's he really doing? He's he's just bringing it to the Lord. He's he's putting them in God's hands, and he's saying. "'God, I trust you to deal with them. "'I trust you to deal with my enemies.'" He says in verse eight, "'Grant not, O Lord, the desires of the wicked, "'further not his wicked device, "'lest they exalt themselves, uh, say law.'" He prays in verse nine that their wickedness would catch up with them. He says, "'As for the head of those "'that compass me about, "'let their mischief of their own lips cover them.'" David said, "'God, you've covered me. "'Let their wickedness cover them. "'Let their wickedness catch up with them and, "'and be their end.'" He prayed God would judge them, verse 10. Let burning coals fall upon them. Let them be cast into the fire, into deep uh, pits that they not rise up again. That's a prayer for God to judge them uh, for their sin. And verse 11, he he asked God, he uh, he prays to God that the Lord would prevent their wicked purposes from being accomplished. He says, verse 10, let not an evil speaker be established on the earth. Evil uh, shall hunt the violent man to overthrow him. There's a lot there, but what it all means is that David is not only praying to be rescued by God from this trial of these enemies, but he's also putting everything about the situation in God's hands. God, you deliver me. God, I take these enemies and I put them in your hand. Uh, In this case, I'm not not gonna deal with it apart from you, God. I'm gonna place the whole thing, the whole mess, God, into your hands trust you to deliver me, and trust you to deal with my enemies. Um, well, praise God. That's a good example. Uh, I understand we're, we're called today to, to love our enemies, uh, to pray for them, certainly. Uh, David's prayed against them here. Uh, that's, not, that's not a bad thing necessarily. He's putting it all in God's hands and trusting God. Brother Ray, that's a wonderful confidence in God. And in response to that, in response to David's prayerfulness and the confidence that he exercised in prayer, uh, the Lord just seems to bless him with a greater and greater confidence in him. And I'll say again tonight if you'll bring, if you'll come to the Lord and, and say, Lord, ask Him, Lord, what would you have me to pray about? Okay, coronavirus situation, what specifically about that? this concern, that concern, this concern, bring that to the Lord in response to whatever he, he lays upon your heart, uh, you can trust God to hear you as David prayed, uh, to answer you, same confidence David had, uh, and in that you find a wonderful confidence that crowds out worry, anxiety, and fear. Look in verse 12, having prayed in detail, not rushing it. God, here you go. Take this. He, he, he's prayed a detailed prayer, not rushing it. He ha, he exercises, uh, I'm sorry, he's, he's blessed with this confidence. Verse 12, he says, I know. He says, I know. He knows something. He's confident in something, uh, of something. He says, I know that the Lord will maintain the cause of the afflicted uh, and the right of the poor. He says, Uh, I know God will deal with my enemies, he's prayed that, he's put his enemies in God's hands, and and now he says, I I have this confidence, he says, God, I just know that you will be a wonderful aid uh, to the afflicted, uh, to the poor. Now listen, before this corona trial is over, uh, some of us may be afflicted, and some of us may be affected financially, that's the reality of the situation. Uh, I, of course, I'm not saying that to frighten anyone. We're going to keep bringing it to God as as, as David did, but God does, God did allow a trial into David's life to grow him, to cause him to be more prayerful, to draw close to the Lord. God may allow uh, a trial of affliction uh, and or financial concerns as a result of this coronavirus pandemic. See David's confidence again in verse 12. He says, I know that the Lord will maintain the cause, that God will be there, that God will sustain the cause of the afflicted and the right of the poor. God meets the needs of his people. He may allow you to be afflicted. He may allow you to suffer some financial strain. He may allow you to be greatly afflicted. He may allow you to suffer some great financial strain. But God will be there throughout that trial, and he will be accomplishing good purposes, including our growth through that trial, no matter how severe it is, no matter how long it goes on for. David says, I know this. I know this. He's brought his concerns to God in prayer, and God has blessed him with that wonderful I know confidence. Well, God can do the same thing for us. He can do the same thing for us. And no doubt tonight, he desires uh, to do that. See verse 13, and we're done. David writes under inspiration, these are God's words uh, spoken and penned by David. He says, surely, surely, that's a very confident word too. He says, I know, confidence, surely, certainly, that's a confident word, the righteous shall give thanks unto thy name the upright shall dwell in thy presence. David was confident that the Lord would be with his people and meet their needs in the trials through which he was working and growing them. And, uh, but he was also confident that God's people would respond with gratitude. Uh, Zach, I think tonight David, David understood that God was working in trials to promote a prayerfulness in our lives Um, and as God blessed with confidence and peace that God was desiring to grow a gratitude in our lives. Uh, Brother Ray, can you be thankful tonight? I know this sounds strange, but but could someone actually, before we're done here, end up being quite thankful for the coronavirus, the COVID-19 pandemic? Could we look back some days, months, years down the road and be thankful for it. I realize that sounds strange and odd tonight with so much suffering and so much financial difficulty now as a result. It's it's hard to imagine, but uh, somewhere down the road, we might look back and say, hey, you know what? God worked in that. God drew me into a, a greater prayer life. God drew me to pray like I've never prayed before. Maybe you look back and say, you know, I always prayed, But boy, God God grew a greater prayer life. He encouraged that. God grew a greater reliance upon him. If before this is over, we have no choice but to truly trust God to meet our needs, and we learn to do that like we never have, Zachary, that'll not be a bad thing. That'll be something that we can look back and be thankful for. Uh, Listen, if you anticipate being able to look back someday and be thankful for what God is doing today, uh, you could choose to be thankful today, uh, looking forward to what God will accomplish, being thankful, uh, doing what James commanded, what God commanded through James, count it all joy uh, when you face these manifold temptations or trials. This is a a multi-pronged trial that we face tonight, just like that virus uh, it has all these prongs sticking out of it that cause uh, allow it to attach on to people and cause so much trouble. Uh, it's causing uh, different kinds of, of trials. Uh, but God has as many purposes in that, no doubt, uh, as that virus does have spokes and prongs that, that stick out of it. Uh, I have no doubt tonight. if If we believe that and if we anticipate looking back with gratitude one day, We'd do well today to say, God, help me to be thankful today. Help me to count it all joy. Uh, listen, I understand tonight that doesn't make practical sense from a, from a um, practical uh, perspective, but from a spiritual perspective, uh, through the lens of Scripture and with the understanding we have from Scripture, it makes absolutely good spiritual sense. So I encourage you tonight uh, to have that heart. God, give me a heart to... Be thankful for what you're accomplishing through this trial. God, yes, help me to bring my cares and concerns to you. Help me to be wise, but help me to draw close to you in this, that my growth be encouraged. And and Lord, as I understand what you might be accomplishing, yes, even even to be thankful. Uh, Remember in Philippians 4, we are instructed to bring each care to the Lord with thanksgiving knowing that we can do that knowing that god will answer that uh knowing that god has purposes you can be thankful even in a time like this and philippians 4 of course it's it's when we bring our prayers to the lord our cares to him with thankfulness that he then promises that peace that passes understanding uh, David understood some things about that, I believe. He says, surely the righteous sh- shall give thanks unto thy name. David anticipated that. He was confident in that. He said, the upright shall dwell in thy presence. Now, that could be understood different ways, but uh, I believe uh, it, it could mean, and, and probably does mean, that uh, as, as people learn to respond to trials and difficulties, as David did, uh, they, they were coming into God's presence prayerfully. Um, it also probably alludes eschatologically to a time when God's people would be in the Lord's physical presence, uh, in, the, in the physical presence of the resurrected Christ, uh, in our own resurrected bodies. I think that's a very real possibility. Uh, be reminded this morning that that's our hope. As we saw this morning, I should say, that's our hope. Just as Christ was resurrected, We have the hope of being resurrected uh, and and living throughout eternity uh, in perfected, incorruptible bodies uh, with the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful hope we have. What a wonderful hope we have. Let's stop there tonight. Let's close and pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, so very much for David's example of prayerfulness in the face of great concern, in the face of great trials. Lord, he, he brought his concerns to you. Uh, he asked you to deliver him. Uh, he brought the specific concerns to you. He asked you to deal with them. Lord, you blessed him in turn with a great confidence, uh, which encouraged um, a, a joy, uh, a gratitude, uh, and an anticipation of being in your presence. Father, what a great blessing tonight, for being faithful to bring our concerns to you in prayer. Father, I know tonight that so many of our people have so many concerns. Uh, Lord, I, I pray for Janet tonight. I understand Akeem is back in the hospital. I, I pray, Lord, that, that you would just have your hand in that situation. Lord, I know some have financial concerns. I pray, Lord, that you would work in that situation. Lord, there's many concerns tonight, health concerns, practical concerns. Lord, uh, many help each one to bring their concern to you. Uh, Lord, to, to place it into your hands and to be thankful. And Father, as we do, I pray that you'd bless us with that same confidence, this same wonderful confidence that David had. Lord, thank you tonight that this is possible because of the Lord Jesus Christ and the cross upon which he suffered for us. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for our church, I thank you for our people. I pray for the day when we'll be able to be safely, wisely back together again. I pray for an end of this trial, Lord. We know you can end it when you choose to. Father, help us to be patient. Help us to know your guidance. Help us to be wise. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for being with us this Resurrection Sunday. Uh, I think we've had a good day in the Word. I wish I could say we've been physically together, but we've been... Uh, together online. I'm thankful for that privilege. Uh, Let's uh, continue to be in touch with each other throughout this week. Let's be praying for each other. Let's be encouraging each other. Let's be abounding in love more and more, looking for opportunities to help and encourage each other at this time. Zach will come and close us in prayer. Uh, We'll sing uh, hymn number 325, Jesus Saves and He Does. Have a blessed evening. Alright, we'll turn to number 325, we'll sing the first and the last of Jesus Saves, number 325. We have heard the joyful sound, Jesus saves, Jesus saves, spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, bear the news to every land climb the steeps and cross the waves onward is the lord's command jesus saves jesus saves give the winds a mighty voice jesus saves jesus saves let the nations now rejoice jesus saves jesus saves shout salvation fall and pray highest hills and deepest caves This our song of victory, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Let's pray to Heavenly Father again. We thank you so much for the opportunity to look into your word. Please help us now to apply it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.